You've got to brave up. Tell me about that. You just got you got to let go of this need to plug your umbilical cord into someone else to nourish you. That stopped when you were born. Get over it. <laughs> well said. Salesmarketingprofit.com. Real world case studies. No theory, just real results. You're listening to SMP with James Shramko and Taki Moore. Well, hello there, Taki. Well, hey, James. How you doing? I'm doing good. And welcome back to another episode of Sales Marketing Profit. This Number 10. is double digits. Damn, we did it. Woo. It took us about 20 <laughs> weeks. That's right. Mostly because I was away. This is the mostly weekly podcast. It is. So it's my turn this week. Yeah, I can't wait. I'm really excited about uh, digging in. You've got a killer this week. Yeah, this one's – I think it's fun because it's not a pure coaching thing. Right. It's um, going to apply to a lot of people and maybe they don't even realize uh, at this point. So let's see what happens. Totally. So who's the case study? This is Terry Dunlap and he has a – company called Reva Systems. What do they do? Yeah, that's a funny thing. It's this, it's a little black box that is about the size of an iPhone or a packet of cigarettes and you plug it into your computer yep. and it goes and it checks your Wi-Fi system. Okay. It starts cracking your Wi-Fi system to see if it can get the password and alert you that your Wi-Fi is vulnerable to attack. Got it. Now, interesting that it's found a few other applications because you can choose which Wi-Fi network you would like it to attack. Mm -hmm. So if, say, you could see a neighbor's Wi-Fi, you could start cracking that. And if it can crack it, it tells you the password. Now, I'm not saying you could use this to access <laughs> free Wi-Fi, but I am saying that it's a very powerful device. and It's like a knife. It could be used to, to harm or to protect. It's, it's, it's used by government agencies there right. in, in Washington to check the security of Wi-Fi networks in like CIA and stuff. Yeah, right. And uh, this company, you know, the sister company did a lot of work, uh, government contracts with, with companies we can't name, uh, with high-level security stuff. But now this device is available to the public. Now, right. I've got one and it's fascinating. Yeah, you, and, you know, it's getting different uses all over the place, like people who have boats, more up in the harbour and they just start seeing if they can find Wi-Fi and stuff like that. Anyway, <laughs> let's not get bogged down yeah, in, so in this. Now we know what it is. So it's, it's a pretty these, unusual yeah, scenario, it's a, it's right? Really interesting. So he's a, a physical product guy uh, in the tech space. What I love about these case studies is we kind of we start off with who is it and what was the problem that got solved? So talk to us about the problem. Main problem was he's this is like a, a it's a technology company doing government contracts and there's three partners and, and this is of the main company. Yeah. And they and and Terry's really passionate about this little device and thinks, you know what? I think this this could be a broader application. I think maybe just grow this. general people, kind of like the radar detector market or whatever. Mm -hmm. He sees the vision, and but there's three partners, right? And um, three is about two partners too many <laughs> in my book. And here's some of the reasons why. If you want to if you want to make a decision, it's just really slow. You like even just logistically, you've got to wait till the other partners are there. Mm. The two is that invariably someone's more passionate about it than everyone else. Yeah. And when there's three people, it's really easy for two people to gang up on one. Yeah. And that can shuffle around. So they put the brakes on you, or they kind yeah, of yeah, they could. It's like no, we don't we don't want to go with that or. Or the classic, uh, we've got to think about it. 
you know, you, you got to not just not just convince yourself, but now you got to wait till they think about it, and then it, like you're always selling, right? And it's like chess; you're just burning this energy, thinking, well, if I pitch this, what are they going to do then? What are the possible scenarios? So you got to map out these theoretical decision trees just to get something done. And of course, the the bottom line is things just don't move forward, right? And so, in Terry's case, from the conversation we had just before we started recording, he's you know, frustrated and feeling pretty hamstrung because he's got this great thing. He knows he's got legs and he just can't make it go. Yeah, and he's done a lot of work, you know, researching things like autoresponders and he's able to take a small amount of inquiries mm. and then through a series of emails, he's starting to get people buying and mm. he's like, oh, you know what? I think this is a, it's a lot more exciting than my my general contract work with government agencies. Right. And B, I think this really, it could be something special. Love it. But, yeah, so he's got this feeling and they're not feeling it and so they're not letting him move. Yeah, it's just moving a lot slower. Yeah. And so he came to me and said, what do you think? What, you know, what, what are my next moves here? And I said, okay. <laughs> the <laughs> first move. two steps. We've got to get rid yeah. of that guy and The that first guy. move is you need to own 100% of this. Yeah. You need to rethink around why you have partners. Like I said, why, why do you actually – why is this a three-way thing in the first place? Mm. What about partner tax? And he said – What's partner tax? What's partner tax? And I said, that's where you get, like, no matter how much money you make, you're going to hand off, okay, you're going to hand off your costs of running a business. So let's say if you're doing well, it's you might keep half of your turnover or, or revenue, and then you're going you're gonna to go thirds on that. So, like, you're going to make a lot of money for this to be worthwhile. Mm. And I am speaking from the voice of experience <laughs> because, like most people, I had I had this requirement to have a partner earlier on. What are some of the the reasons why people kind of get attracted to partnership? Handholding. Yeah. Number one. Totally. It's like you see when there's not much profit happening, there's nothing happening. There's no real. Well, you're giving away fifty percent or thirty three, sixty six percent of nothing. So there's no real pain to that. Right. What about when it's generating a million dollars a year? Right. So in in my case, I had a partnership where we were generating around about $300,000 in sales mm. with very small cost. And then I had to halve it. And I was literally, I sent off hundreds of thousands of dollars. But like most partnerships, they often get out of balance right. at where, some point. Where the money splits equal, but the workload is not. You feel like each partner might think they're doing more yeah, or whatever, <laughs> or they're doing less and feeling guilty about it, or they don't know what to do. And at some point, they, they might need changing. So the, the ultimate scenario f- for me is 100% ownership. Yeah. I'm all about own the race course. Con- You're a bit con- of a control freak in a good way. It's not, a, it's not even freak. It no, just it's, makes it's, it's sense. it's freak. Let's be honest. I, it just makes sense. Even a catamaran, right? At least you own your hull. And I own mine. Like you know, <laughs> split it down the middle. That's if right. Go bad. There's, there's, it's more of a, a joint venture of separate entities, right? Than saying, well, let's just be, let's just be all in. Yeah. It's, it rarely works. You know, there are someone could cite case studies where there's great partnerships, but there's plenty that that didn't there, work. There's tons yeah. that don't. Exactly. Plenty. So, so tell me about this kind of this idea about partner tax. Basically, if you want to get all the profits back, and you're the most passionate, and you're and you know the next five moves, it's probably a good time to acquire the business. Yeah. So you have to think about, well, what's in it for the other partners? Mm. Could I convince them to sell their share? Or while it's small, it's going to cost you less than when it's big. Right. So you want to act fast. And every and it sounds like in every month that you don't, you're paying partner tax. 
if you grow this thing bigger, then your buyout's going up because most businesses, there's going to be a multiple yeah. of profit. Yep. So if, if he were to grow the business first to make sure that it works and then sell, yeah, he's, he's going to be paying a fortune. Right, so clear. basically, sell early, uh, get them to sell early and acquire as much as you can as soon as you know that it's going to be a winner. Mm. And the motivation level just goes up through the right, roof. Right, like, now it's yours. It's like I'm a 100% stakeholder in the upside here. Totally. So that's what we did. We, we basically made an attractive offer for the partners to sell mm. and they signed over the company 100% to Terry. Mm. So it's his business 100%. Right, so it kind of rises or falls based on him now, which is yeah. awesome. And then immediate changes happened. So what happened? Significantly less stress. Of course, because now he doesn't have to overthink or yeah, fight. Well, or you want to do something, sell. you just do it. Yeah. So what did he do? Well, now that he could make decisions, he's like, okay, what's the biggest challenge for me right now? It's like shipping in other countries. Okay. So he was able to turn on free shipping. Which he'd probably been fighting for for months. Yeah. No, now he doesn't have to go and argue. He doesn't have to do projections or spreadsheets or factor it or whatever. It just, I'm just going to turn on free shipping. Yeah. And then he hired a virtual assistant mm -hmm. and there's no squibbling about is that a word, squibble? Squibble's I just, totally a word. Squabble. Yeah. There's no discussion about, oh, how much is this going to cost? You know, all that stuff you get in a corporate. And then he got a copywriter. Mm -hmm. And then he got a web designer. And then he put things like contact details on the side. And, and there's no argument as to who gets the calls and, and all of that because he's in control. Right. So it sounds like he's able to kind of take the handbrake off and actually just start moving. Right. And straight away... Sales, he basically sold out of stock yeah. almost instantly <laughs> and had to reorder awesome. a huge batch. And he's now working on the next version of the firmware or whatever they call it. I'm not super techie, but he's inspired and he's moving forward and he's excited and he's, he now feels like he's the master of his own ship. Yeah. So basically things happen really fast. All of the profit that comes in goes back to him. Yeah. And he can reinvest it. Or he can take it out and there's, there's no one else to talk about. Yeah, I love it. So the big lesson here sounds like it's, you know, if things aren't moving, it's like where are you out of control? And in his case, he's out of control because he literally didn't have full 100% ownership. Yeah, it's like trying to do things by committee is, is rarely effective or efficient. It's yeah. like, you know, and I find in business I'm very resistant to, to get involved in partnerships because I've – I've always end up carrying the biggest load, yeah. almost always. I'm, a, you know, I'm a workhorse, and yeah, you're a smart workhorse, uh, and and you have to know your value. So, just going back to one of your main questions, I think we should talk about why do people go in partnerships? One is they are they just little babies, thumb sucking, and they need <laughs> someone else to yeah to kind of pat them on the head and make sure that, and tell them they're doing a good job. You don't you don't need that. You you need a mirror. Yep. That's what you need. Look in the mirror. That person there is your best partner and your worst partner. But, <laughs> but th that's the person that you have to be accountable to. Mm. The person staring back at you is pretty much what most people need. Where you would get a partner is if you just cannot do something and you cannot hire that role. Which is rare. It's very rare. Yeah. So it's, it's almost always better to do a strategic alliance right. or a joint venture. Like this podcast. Right, it's the catamaran. This is two separate guys, two separate businesses, but uh, 
we're doing a joint project, but it feeds both of our own individual businesses. We haven't cross-collateralized our company or gone on each other's board of directors or said, hey, let's make a communism here. Let's just share our profit. You know, Dude, I'm all for the red model. Let's do it. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work. No. In, that's why uh, you know communism usually breaks down because someone realizes that, hey, everyone else is going to do the work, so I don't really have to do so much. Uh, I'm just going to ease off a bit. Yeah. Now, by the way, no offense to all of our listeners in the People's Republic of North We're, Korea or whatever. <laughs> I'm yeah, sure we've got yeah, a really yeah, big audience and, there. And, but, but, you know, it's just not really the proven way. No. Agreed. Uh, a dictatorship, but never We should check the stats and see how many listeners we've got in the. I'm not sure. It'd be pretty small. And if, <laughs> if, it, if it becomes a, a problem, we could probably just block that region. Yeah, we probably could. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's, you know, you want to create your little benevolent dictatorship. You can almost always hire or contract or, you know, do another arrangement where you get to own everything. Yeah, giving and, someone a share of your business is, is almost always crazy. And as the marketer, you should be the one in charge. It's the marketer who does most of the work. Yeah. It's the person getting money for ideas. Yeah. You know, so see if you can own it. So the, the steps involved in doing this, you've got to brave up. Tell me about that. You just got you got to let go of this need to plug your umbilical cord into someone else to nourish you. That stopped when you were born. Get over it. <laughs> well said. I don't think I've got anything to add there. That's awesome. So reframe your mindset. Instead of thinking a partner's going to do all the work for you, that, that's what we secretly think. Yeah. Oh, they'll do all the work. I can just coast. They'll take all the hits. They'll... Guess what? They're thinking the same thing too. I know. <laughs> so instead of thinking of them as the great savior and the cuddle, the cuddler and provider, yeah, think it. of them as a tax. Right. It's like, okay, so I'm going to give – Half my revenue to cost of running a business, and then half, half of, of that going. to tax, and then I've got to give another half. Like, this just isn't working. Uh, so make it really attractive to get yourself out of any partnerships you might have started. Right. Any tips on that? Okay. So I had to do this, and it was difficult. So mm. I, I did a partnership. We're generating around $300,000 a year, and I realized, you know what? If I do this for another year, I'm just foolish. Yeah. And, and the reason was I was getting all the customers. I had 99% of the customers. Right. I was doing three quarters of the work and I was basically leeching. Those, those people were, were um, coming from my own products. So I didn't have to surrender 50% of my back end mm. on every single front end sale. I thought, you know what, I've got I to just stop this. And for me, the revelation was a whiteboard session. Okay. I drew, my cir- I drew a big circle and, I, and everything I owned 100% went inside the circle. Yep. And anything I had a partnership went like on the edge of the circle, half in and half out right. or outside. You know, like the portion that was mine was inside the circle. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you know what, I've got to just cut this off at the edge of the circle here. And so what I did is I went to my partner and I offered, I said, you know, would you like to buy me out or would you like me to buy you out? And I started this process. Mm. And he said, well, I, I definitely don't want to buy you out. You could buy me out. And I said, all right, well, let's talk about an amount. And I put forward proposals. Mm. And there was no response, no feedback, and it just went on. And in the end, like, well, I just wanted a signal here that I'm going to start my own thing, 100% mine. Mm on the side, and I'm going to start that soon. And a few months later, I did. Mm. And within three months after that, the joint venture stopped yeah. and my business flourished. So you didn't even need to buy out. It just faded out. Is that what you're saying? I just 
moved my attention to my thing. That's funny. I've done exactly the same thing. I ended up within three months, I was up to $30,000 a month straight away. So I actually. Owning it. Yeah, I added, well, now it's almost a couple of hundred thousand dollars a year by just changing the structure of something I was already doing. And I've heard boo from my partner on that. There's no, there's, you know, what else can you do? I offered to pay money. I put an amount on it and everything. It just had Never no quite. response. Yeah. So it was kind of like the, I would have expected the polite thing for the partner to do would just be to say, you know what? You just have it. You're doing the whole thing anyway. Go for it. I just had to go through the inconvenience of a brand change yeah. and migrating the attention of my customers. Yeah. But now that I own everything, there's no no need to do that again, and it's that's the way I like it. Mate, that's awesome. So, so far we've talked about uh, you know, braving up. Yeah. I'm just going to go, you know what, I don't need a, uh, you know, a babysitter. I just need me. Yeah. Uh, reframing your mindset from your know, partnerships are going to help me out to, dude, I'm paying a partnership tax every single month that we yep. keep this going. Uh, thirdly, we talked about making it really easy and attractive for a partner to buy you out. Yep. Um, and I loved your circle idea. I think yeah. that'd be a great piece of homework for people. Number, you know, is there anything else? Well, once you've made the agreement, then you want to lock it in. You want to, you know, memorandum of understanding, get some legal people involved if it's required, if there's like entities at mm. stake. And, and, and by the way, I've done this like four times. <laughs> it's not just once. One right. of my very early business was buying and selling number plates. Right. And I had a partner in that, and he was good with ideas, but not really implementation. Yeah. And I ended up doing, going yep. to the roads and traffic authority and organizing the payments from the buyers. And then I thought, you know, this isn't so good. And then another time I had a partner in a uh, advertising agency, and we actually agreed with a multinational supermarket chain to rent the space on their exit boom gate. Okay. This was a long time ago before it was commonplace, mm. before they had the little advertising on that little stopper yeah, to yeah. separate your food. Mm-hmm. And then we had meetings with a large credit card company to buy that space. Mm. And when we went to the building together, there was a bomb threat and they closed <laughs> the building and I had to go back to work. Right. And then he went back by himself and blew it. He just blew it to smithereens. Dude. And I'm like, you know what? I don't need someone else to blow up my deals. I'm going to have to just do this myself. So, yeah. and, and the reason I started this community before with my, my eventual last partner was because I wanted someone robotic and technical focused to support me through that because I didn't think I could do it. Yeah. But now I'm more technically competent than I, that I would have given myself credit for. Yeah. And you built a killer team that can look and after I've, all this And stuff. I found a support guy who's just incredible. So you can almost always contract or find that person, whatever that need you have, whatever the nourishment you need from someone. Like literally hire someone to give you hugs or something if you need the support <laughs> it's like, or a it, cheer group. Who was it? Uh, was it Mike Tyson used to have dudes who'd walked around behind him saying, you're the man, you're the man, you're the man? Well, <laughs> that's, that's what I'm talking about. Exactly what that. you're talking about. It's, it's easier. Like you, you'd... It's actually the way that I see my Silver Circle students. Mm. I say to them, you know what? I'm your partner. Yeah, you just yeah. pay me a monthly fee. Mm. I'll never take a profit share. Just just pay me the monthly amount and anything over th- that is all yours to keep. Right, it's, and they, they own it. They own it and, and they can break the, the deal anytime they want that they don't feel they're getting value. But the whole time they are, I'm like a capped partner. Yeah. I'm like – that's the maximum possible, yeah. but the upside could be huge. Yeah. And on the, the better they go, and it's like with your case studies, the better they go, the more we learn. So we all get to win. It's totally. It's awesome. 
So I'd suggest start off by making an assessment as to what current partnerships do you have in every area of your life mm. and give it a score mm. and decide if they should continue, if you're carrying too much, or maybe you're the bad partner. Maybe <laughs> the axe is coming down and you don't know it. So just take stock maybe of Maybe your partner's listening to this podcast right now. Maybe they are, but, <laughs> but, but it's always good to just take check on where you're at, Yeah, you know, and there can be good partnerships and maybe you've got one of the rare ones and I've had great partnerships for years, like four or five years or, or 20 years and, you know, different partnerships you can have in place and they can be sustainable. But in business, it's very, very rare that you'll find the perfect partner. And even if you do, you're giving up, even if you have one partner, they'll take 50% right. of everything. That's left, you know, and that's a big, that's a lot. That's a lot of cash. Totally you can buy a, lot of, uh, buy a lot of contracting support for that. You can buy a time. Okay, so uh, the other thing is get some external help. One of the big takeaways for Terry was that he thought this and he'd even made a note to himself, but it took someone like me mm. to just. Someone a lot like you. <laughs> a lot like me to say it just like I see it. Yeah. And I'm like, dude, it's just going too slow and you're still going to give up two-thirds of what you make and it's your baby. This is your passion. It's it's you're the innovator here. You should get rewarded for your initiative and your inspiration and all the energy that's going into this. Mm. He would have been literally carrying a backpack full of lead up the hill, you know, like yeah. we were talking about before last in the week. last episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's crazy. So you talked about holding up a mirror and, you know, what you really need is a mirror. And the mirror could be literally you just taking some alone time, staring yourself in the mirror with a pen and paper and just going, what's really going on here? Or like you did with your whiteboard. Or the mirror could be a third party, an external person. Exactly. You need, you need to reflect. Yeah, you totally do. I love that. So let's get this case study, these notes up on SARS Marketing Profit. Let's do it. And uh, if you want to get a copy of kind of Terry's journey, then go to salesmarketingprofit.com and uh, under this episode, you'll be able to download it. Yeah, and, and of course, if you are worried about the security of your Wi-Fi, you should go on to reversystems.com and check it out. Yeah, or if you're on a boat and you want to leech some. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. <laughs> Mate, great episode. Thanks Good so much Good to catch sharing. up. See you, buddy. See you, man. You're listening to SMP with James Schramko and Talkie Moore. Visit salesmarketingprofit.com.